Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I seem fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 218. This is kind of like an accidental live episode. I um, was doing my show at the Hollywood Improv Lab that I do once a month called Lab Test. And it's where I work out new stuff. But usually it's like, okay, I, I want to do a new bit about picture frames. And I'll think, well, what's the point of view about that? Oh, well, they're really just things that hold what otherwise is just a tacky picture of your great aunt Shirley. And really, whatever, you know, I'll, whatever that is. And then I'll go, well, I'll get into the riffing when I'm there. This time I had nothing. I didn't even have topics. I was like, maybe, I don't know. Like, and I just thought I'll just ask the audience if they have any ideas and even just asking them, like, do you have any suggestions? I didn't use their suggestions, but it got me thinking. And then I was watching my friend, Allison. She was my opening act. And then I just started talking about nukes and reading some stuff from the new book about Trump. And I don't even remember. I'd have to go back and listen. Um, so if you were at the show, well, then you're going to hear it again, but that room only holds about 45 people. So I ain't worried. I got more than 45 listeners. I got 48. Thank you. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I think it was super fun. And I want to remind everybody that I do not know when I'm touring. I do not know if I'm going to be able to keep the tentative schedule that my agent and I have behind the scenes with the tentative city. So I am still waiting for a few things to shake out about my year. I will know in three and a half weeks. So for now, I just have four comedy club dates and those are Caroline's in New York City, Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, New York, Bloomington, Indiana, and Burlington, Vermont. Now everyone, are you going to Indianapolis? No, these aren't tours. These are club dates that I booked six months ago. There are no more club dates in said states. If I tell you I'm coming to Buffalo, I ain't coming anywhere else near Buffalo this year. No Rochester. It's not a tour. 
It's just a club weekend. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. No, I'm not going to Indianapolis except for the airport. You want me to do some jokes at the airport? You can come see me. My One of my flights is at 4 a.m. That's how to, what time I have to get there. So I would suggest, since I'm flying all over the place, if you get a car, get in it, and go on a road trip. How's that sound? And I promise you, you won't get effed in the A by me in the sense of you drive all the way to Bloomington from Indianapolis, and then I'm like, oh, I am doing Indianapolis in two months. And you're like, what the fuck? I won't be doing that. So they're all on sale on my website, Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City, January 18th through 20th. Go right now. Go get those tickets. It's a big club. I'm doing five shows. They're like, um, tickets are selling pretty good for the Saturday night. We really need people Thursday night. So if you're like, what night should I go? I beg of you to go Thursday night. And that's that. Um, I will also be in London. The Saturday night show is just a handful of seats away from being sold out February 3rd. Every show has standing room and the tickets are priced anywhere from nine pounds to 22. Now I notice some seats say restricted view, which may be true. I've done that theater before, but it's a small space and it might, ah. it might be a restricted view if I had a set and you were sitting there and you're like, I can't see that corner of the set. What, what? Is there a t- What is that? You know, if I was doing a play and I had a living room set, you might not be able to see one of the easy chairs. But I, it's just me, and I'm running around on stage. So you'll, the view is good from everywhere. So don't even be afraid of the, the cheaper tickets that say restricted view. But again, I would get those in advance. The, the Soho tells me that it's a big walk-up theater, meaning people walk up the night of the show. Well, with some shows with only 20 tickets left or four tickets left, I wouldn't walk up. I would dial up and get on your computer and go to jenkirkman.com, click tour dates, and everything is there. January 29th through Feb 3rd. And no, not going to Manchester, not going to Scotland, not going to anywhere else. It's my only European stop this year. I am very sorry. That's how it is. Uh, so, do me a solid and come and see me on tour. JenKirkman.com, click tour dates. Anytime you want to send an email, iSeemFun at gmail.com. Visit us at iSeemFunPodcast on Twitter, Facebook.com slash slash hello slash iSeemFun. Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter. Go to iTunes, give the show five stars. Today's review will be um, I accidentally listened to this because I said I did an accidental live show. And then people will be like, what does that review mean? And it's just between us. Um, so we're going to drop you right into the episode right now. Uh, my set started with talking about what my friend Allison had done and thanking her and welcoming the crowd. So I just got, we, I just dropped you right into it because a lot of the stuff I was referencing wouldn't make sense. And it would just, it just, let's just drop it right in. After the theme song, you'll just be dropped in. I see
I'm going to read this paragraph from the book about Trump. It's not what you think. It's not like the nasty shit and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's gross, but it's kind of... He's... Okay. Put aside everybody with their I'm offended. Put aside what the accusations are and what the reality might be of how horrible things he might have done. That goes over here. This is comedy space. Okay. We're going to pull out the notion that... Let's just say none of that ever happened. This guy's a fucking player. I'm going to read you the thing. Let me read it first, because then you'll know what I'm talking about. How's that? What a concept. Okay. So, um, yeah, so they were, this is from one of his friends about what he was like. So Trump liked to say that one of the things that made life worth living was getting your friend's wives into bed. It's so 70s. Like, in pursuing a friend's wife, he would try to persuade the wife that her husband was perhaps not what she thought. Then he'd have his secretary ask the friend into the office. Once the friend arrived, Trump would engage in what was, for him, more or less constant sexual banter. Do you still like having sex with your wife? How often? You must have had a better fuck than your wife. Tell me about it. I have girls coming in from Los Angeles at 3 o'clock. We can go upstairs and have a great time, I promise. All the while, Trump would have his friend's wife on speakerphone listening in. Damn, that's good. Where is that kind of ingenuity in the presidency? That's fucking brilliant. You do that shit in this political... New, you know what I mean? If he to take that and take all the sex out of it and do whatever that shit is to Kim Jong-un, you know what I mean? Like that, you got it, dude. You got it. You just have to put it in a different thing. It's there. The, the genius is there. It's just someone has to go, hey, pretend you want to fuck Kim Jong-un. I never thought about it that way. Okay, I'll do it. I'll get him to put the nukes down. So... But then you got to think about these women that are like, he's right. He is showing me that my husband isn't who he thought. But what's he... Sh- so I'll fuck the guy that's just like my husband who's got girls coming in at 3 o'clock? Like, that woman needs... She just needs maybe like a timeout. Um, there's times up and then there's timeouts because there's... There's some people should know better. They need a timeout. Um, but yeah, I really thought that was interesting. I was like, that's a fucking good one. He's like a little girl. Did you ever do that? Like, I wasn't a mean girl. I wasn't even a popular or unpopular girl. I had like my four friends. We were good. We were doing our thing. But every once in a while, I would have a friend over and we'd call another one and i asked that friend what she thought of my friend. And it wasn't a mean thing. Like, as I get further into therapy and blah, blah, and all that stuff, I realized I had, like, an addiction to excitement. I like the drama. I like the gossip. It was just like a, like, it was, like, I had nothing. Like, my, my mom didn't allow me to date. Like, it was a whole thing. Like, I just did nothing all the time except, like, take dance, take piano. It sounds fun now because I'm 43. I'm like, I would love to take dance every day and piano and do the musical rehearsal. And I was in the recycling club and I wrote poetry. Now I want to do that. When I was 16, I was like, can I see a penis? and I couldn't so the only thing I could do for excitement was like let's get Shauna over here we're gonna call Terry and see what she says about you and I I didn't think it through to when she would actually say something about my friend and then be like and then when you said I've gotta go so he's like a little girl in that in that way that's not an insult what is the way I just said it is an insult to women 
Uh, I don't mean throw like a girl and that's bad. I just mean he's like a little child in that way. I was going to say a little person. That's a whole different thing. He's not someone who did not reach what's considered an average human height. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just saying that women are socialized a certain way. I don't know of any boys here, uh, any men here, the, boys to men, any men that were boys, men to boys, any men that were boys, did you ever call your friend with another friend and try to fuck them over or anything? You play different war games. You might, have you ever had a physical fight with a friend? No. Did you ever have a conflict with a friend? How did you handle it? Did you go behind their back? What do you do? No? You talk to, the woman says they don't speak. Sir, you said you had a conflict with a friend as a, as a young man. How'd you work it out? You're like you're 12 years old. You hate, you're mad at your friend. You just let it. Talk, laugh at this is a sane person, and we're laughing. <laughs> For people in the back that can't hear, this is what these evil fucks up front. He goes, I talked to some other friends to get their perspective. They're like, <laughs> You talk to your friends to get perspective, and then. Are you from, you're not from America, though. Where are you from? Chile. You're Chile. You're chill. That's why. Do you think that that's like a, a stereotype uh, in that sense that like, do you think that that's the norm for your culture or that's just what you're like? You might be raised differently. I think I was raised right. I think I might have been just had a touch of evil. It doesn't, you know, you never know what was going to happen. But you are correct. That would be the right way to handle things. Um, I'm glad to hear that actually. That makes me happy. Um, do you plan on having children? Oh, okay. Well, then you're going to raise a nice kid. They won't live very long because uh, the planet's dying, but have a good time with it. <laughs> like, here's my thing about people having kids right now. And this is not to make fun of you, but you got me off on a topic. It is so normal to want children. It's literally an instinct that was built into us from science, a creator, who the f- whatever. It's the most normal. I'm not in the norm. I'm not in the percentage. These people that don't want kids, I'm not in that percentage. Uh, So I know that I'm on the, like, smaller team. And it comes from nothing. I don't, it's not a choice. I I wrote a book about it. I had to, because I wanted someone to give me money. I... (laughs) I don't care that I don't want kids. It's not even a thing. I'm not like, yeah, I don't, like, I so don't care about having kids. I don't even want to talk about the fact that I don't. I, just, I don't want them. I didn't have them. Now, 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 now. But as time goes on, I go, there was something called the bomb cyclone in Massachusetts where my family lives. They're like, there's just ice. There's just ice. What did it do? No, no, there's just ice. Like, there's ice. It's just everywhere. And then there was a, a hurricanes. I don't think we have a Caribbean anymore. Like, um, mudslides, right? Fires. We're done here. Does that make sense? I think we're wrapping it up. That's God giving us the light. We're going. In comedy, that's God giving you the flashing light. Your time is up. Now, here's the thing, but we're hopeful people. We don't, until the last, 
I used to always joke, if I ever think the world's really ending, if we're close to nuclear annihilation or I think the planet's really only has 10 more years, I'll start smoking again. I can't bring myself to start smoking again. It's so obvious that's where we are because I'm hopeful. I'm not going to quit my job because I think we might not have 10 years left, which is a little different because I need a paycheck coming in, but I'm not going to quit fantasizing about what I'd be like when I'm 80 or whatever. So like in a weird way, I'm no different than people that want kids. I cannot blame them for looking to the future if that's what they always wanted. Uh, what I hate is that it doesn't seem fair that like, sir, you're going to have a kid someday. You might not get to. So it's, or if you do, they're going to be like, I'm 10 and I was born into nuclear radiation. You're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Well, I did, but we had hope. Um, <laughs> but they're not, they're going to be the first generation that's like, what's, what's hope? They're literally not going to know what it is. Just like millennials are like, what's a VCR? Like that, we think it's quaint. There's going to be a generation that cannot even access a feeling. Like an entire emotion is going to be wiped out. Hope? Why would there be any? Well, there isn't, but we used to have it. And we used to sit around in the living room and listen to it at night. Um, and then technology got crazy. You used to be able to get hope delivered, you know, on an app. Um... So I don't blame anyone having a kid. I'm not like, you're dumb. But I'm like, oh, my God. I so, I'm so glad I'm not your kid. Like, I, okay, my parents had me, and I was like eight. There was the threat of nuclear war with Russia. And it didn't happen, by the way. In case anyone's like, I didn't read history. That It didn't happen. <laughs> but what was so scary about it was that my parents were very honest with me about it. And some of you have heard this before, so I won't, like, go into it. I'll just skim over it. But I did a whole one-woman show about it called I'm in a Panic Like It's 1999 because my parents had this whole thing about, like, the world's ending in Russia. Okay. But in general, skipping over this stuff that I've done before, my parents were very honest with me, and they're like, yeah, like, they have nukes. We have nukes. It could be mutually assured destruction. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And they're like, oh, well, don't worry. This happened to us growing up, and we used to get under our desks. And I was like, excuse me, what? They're like, oh, no, 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 this has happened before. There's always been nukes, and they've been pointed at us, and we pointed it over there. I go, and then you had a kid? So I just said, no, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. So it's not a new thing, the nukes. No, 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 they've always been around. Well, they haven't always been around. I mean, when we conceived, you know, uh, when we were conceived, they weren't around, but when we conceived you and your sisters, yeah, they, we had nukes. Why would you have a kid? Well, we hoped they wouldn't use them. But what if they did? Well, I didn't think about it. Why didn't you think about it? Why would you? You go, well, I think about, well, we have an extra room. That, we put the kid there. Let's think about it. Oh, well, uh, let me go to the doctor and get my blood test. I hope I have all the proper, everything's in order. Let's think about it. There's a nukes. No, that doesn't impact our child's life. Please. It's... I know it, it may or may not happen, but if it does, the kid is so fucked. But it might not, they might not die right away. So what's fucked about it is you might have a kid who's 10 who, if a nuke goes off anywhere in the area, it's almost like they have stage 17 cancer. Like they're, you know what I mean? They won't live long. They'll like, they'll kind of deteriorate in a way that seems, you know, it's just like not going to be good for them. Yeah, but that might not happen. No, but we have them and they're pointed at you. So I'm just saying it's like a bigger chance than you think. It's not a big chance, but if it does happen, it kind of can't be stopped. And it really is like a button that we just put it 
or like a code. It's pretty easy actually to be. It's actually harder to get your shit out of the gym locker if you forget the combination. It's that's actually harder than starting a nuclear war. Are you sure you want a kid? It's fine. They'll love it. Anyway, so it's like my parents did it to me. You know what I mean? It's like you yell at your kid because you're like my parents yelled at me, and then I believe my parents brought me into the world because they're like. It's like a fuck you to your parents. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, because I always say, like, I'm, I didn't ask to be born. I'm afraid to die. That's the shit I live in. And so it's like, it's like a fuck you to your parents. Like, oh, yeah, you brought me here. I'll bring someone else here. Fuck you. But you're not fucking your parents. You're fucking the person that you brought. It was like, I was in a limbo over here having the best time. I didn't even know I was a thing. And then you brought me into reality. And then you're like, oh, we might die in 10 years. But I felt I deserved to have a kid because that's what everyone else did over time. So anyway, that's a happy subject. But anyway, so I'm, I didn't think we were maybe going to have a nuclear war until recently where it's like heating up with the Russia investigation and Trump's tweeting like my button's big and all this weird shit makes it sound like he has a clitoris. I'm like, what's happening? Okay. So clitoris, clitoris, where are we at with that? That is a big thing in the Me Too debate that no one's fucking talking about. You would think, and I know it's like against the Constitution or whatever, that they would just give Trump somebody's old combination lock code and be like, those are the new codes. And he'd be like, awesome, you know, or like Powerball numbers from 1984. Here are the codes. They're like, well, we can't do that because the president has the thing in the Constitution. I don't care the Constitution. Say it. Again, say the Constitution again. I'll fuck you up in an alley. I, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Are we not adults? It's like, we know, okay. This is a terrible analogy. I'm going to go with it anyway. You go to a five-star restaurant, the most amazing chef in the world. You, you get served the most amazing, beautiful food. You're like, no, I know this is the best food ever, but there's a fly in it. And you cannot give up on the fact that, well, I'm not going to do anything about the fly because this is a five-star restaurant with the best food. It's like, no, I know, but there's a fly there. Can you take the fly out? No, because it comes as served. No, you can take the fly out and then you can enjoy. We can enjoy the Constitution and then just maybe take the numbers away from the man that does the cookie. I swear, I'm not joking. I'm literally telling you this. I'm, I wish I were kidding. This is my vision. Somebody comes in and they're like, Let's say Trump really has the nuclear codes. And I know it's like, by the way, I didn't realize how I was, okay. I thought it was like, then he'd have to be like, ba ba ba, And then that guy tells that guy, ba ba ba, And then someone else, and then someone else has to go, I don't think we should do this. But that's not what happened. Because in the 80s, we did mutually shared destruction. That's what we gave the president the power to just do it like this, to tell Russia, you do that, we do that, we're all dead. And everyone's like, oh, okay. So I get that. Trump doesn't fucking know that. And this book says that. He didn't know what the Constitution was. They said he, they were teaching him about it. And he, they, that he, literally a quote from the book, that he started pulling on his bottom lip when they got to the Fourth Amendment, and he was like, and they stopped. And they're like, that's fine. He doesn't care. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. So let's say he has the codes because they have to give it to him. Do you remember the first month of his presidency? There was a guy running around. It's literally, remember those like football phones where it's like a telephone, but it's a football. It looks like that. That's the nuclear thing. The guy is, it's a football, a football, but a plastic thing. 
And that guy is the coat. It's in a briefcase. He invited that guy to Mar-a-Lago like, like he's a magician. Like, hey, look at my friend. He's got a trick. He can't do the trick. Oh, he can't do it. But he's got it. And he's like, hey, everybody. And uh, I'm not being funny. I'm telling you a true thing with a sense of humor. Google what I'm saying. It did happen. Okay. So he, we, he has the codes or he knows the guy who has the codes. I want to go into his office and go, we changed the codes. Why? There's hacking. Oh, good, good. Okay. Trump, here are the codes. 22, 46, 22. It's like Melania's measurements or something. Just give him weird numbers. He's like, okay. That actually wouldn't be your measurements. That's like a, it's like a small, it's like a, a shape that doesn't exist in womanhood. By the way, before we get to what I was saying, how is she not a Russian spy? What a waste of a look. Do you know what I mean? She's got that... Like, I can't believe it's Ivanka. And, you know, Ivanka looks like... Um, she looks like a girl who would set her husband, a Jewish guy, on fire. You know what I mean? She looks like a girl who'd get invited to a bar mitzvah and be like, I hate Jews. Like, that's... She doesn't look like a Russian spy. But Melania is, like, so ready. She looks like she has laser beams out of her. She looks like she's a computer. She looks like a computer, doesn't she? A beautiful computer is what she looks like. Why? Like the fact that she's not part of this. And maybe she is, but we haven't even heard rumblings. We've heard rumblings of everyone who might be like in on it. She's not missed opportunity. I'm just saying. In the movie of this all, you bet they write in that she was a beautiful computer. She's made of leather. She's just like... Like if somehow he's about to launch a nuke and she just like stops it with her mind. You know what I mean? It's like, he's like, we're like, everyone's like, oh my God, they're on the news. They're like, oh my, Rachel Maddow stops laughing at herself for one minute. She's like, I have something to say. (gasps) There's a nuke coming. I love her, but seriously, calm down. Okay, so there's a nuke coming. You know, uh, there's a nuke coming. There's And we're like, oh my God. And then Melania just goes outside and she's just like, (laughs) and it just like stops in the air. We're like, oh my God, she's magic. Okay, so in the movie version of all this shit, I'm putting that in there. Anyway, uh, did you see the post? Pretty good. I liked it. The movie. No. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, real succinct. They're like, this is what happened. Pentagon Papers. I, I thought it was gonna be googling the whole time. Like what? Very easy to understand. This movie is literally. You have to quit your job. Like it'll be six, like six hours a day, every day, like released, like HBO, whatever. The Trump movie. So anyway, was it Melania nukes the codes? I would go to him and go. We change the codes. 22, 46, 22. He'd go, okay. And I go, just be careful not to nuke anyone. But if you want to, here's how you do it. And I would give him like an old Fisher Price calculator. <laughs> and I'd be like, I know this looks like it's archaic. First of all, he's confused by archaic. He's so busy trying to act like he knows archaic that he's, you, you're already done, you know. You go, that's how we do things now because it can't be hacked. It's, but there's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I know. And you're like, yeah, okay. So you go, you want a new Kim Jong-un? You don't have to ask any. Just do that in this. But there's a camera on him 24 hours so that we always know if he's doing it. So when he does it, the person goes, he just did it. Then there's a secret, like all the TVs in the house, they show... 
mushroom clouds going off. And they're like, Donald Trump's the greatest guy ever. He bombed the shit out of everything. But it was beautiful. It was the best bombing ever. And everything's good. And the stock market went up. And it was so awesome. They just like this weird news feed. And then like all these like these screens come down in all the windows and it just shows like bombs going off but it's like but like kind of fireworks and he's like I did it and then and then that's when you just you just um you ever try to get a cat to the vet and you got your carrier and you you just you get him you just get him and you go you just typed 224622 into a calculator sweetie You've just 25th Amendment and amendmented yourself. You are not capable of holding... Because 25th Amendment doesn't just mean mentally ill. That means you are not capable of holding office for any... Literally, could be your period. That for any reason, you can't... So they just, they just take them there. Because we got it on tape. You typed numbers into a calculator. You told me that was the button. I know, but a president would know that we're fucking with you. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, that's why you never should have been here. Come on, come on. So that's what I would do. And I, I know I said it in a fun way because I'm an entertainer and God bless me. But I'm fucking serious. That's, we have to do that. It's that simple. Everything, everyone shits on Hollywood. The Simpsons predicted he would be president. Um, so many movies predicted 9-11. I can't remember. Uh, well, I just made that up. But I'm like, we, okay. But we're creative minds and we have good solutions to things. Like everyone else is like, well, this paper written by a guy. Just, I'm, I hope someone's recording this. I'm passing this around like an underground recording because I'm going to save the world. Anyway, so when I get stressed out thinking about nukes, these are the things I think about. I also look at Kim Jong-un and I go, I know he's a horrible dictator and he's, you know, people are dying under his uh, regime every day, but... His cheeks are so cute. Like I just, you know, when you look at the book of dictators, which is not a book, it's by Tashin, it's a coffee table book. But in the, when you look at Hitler, Hitler, you're like, ugh, like you get a bad vibe. Even anyone who has that mustache is like, ugh, like every, terrible, you know, Mussolini, everyone is scary looking, you know, um, Osama bin Laden's good. He's sexy. If you Google, not currently, well, he's dead, but not 9-11 Osama. Have you seen 70s Osama? He's like in the Jackson 5. Hotter. 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 I'm telling you, it's like he would have been in George Harrison's band when he did all that stuff. Like, I'm going to India to play for the thing. It was like a like just this hot Middle Eastern guy, like slim, bell-bottom suit. He's with his whole family. Gorgeous. Google it. You're like, why would you be a terrorist? You're hot. But it just shows looks don't matter, right? Looks do not matter. People have a soul inside that could be rotten. So anytime you see a beautiful person, again, you don't know they could be planning the next biggest attack on American soil. So just know that looks, if you feel, I'm ugly, well, Osama bin Laden was hot, and look what he did. So maybe you'll be a good person. So, you know, maybe maybe God giveth and taketh at the same time. I'm going to make a guy so evil. Well, God, you got to give him something good. Oh, no, he's going to be fucking hot. I'm just saying he's super evil. Okay. That's God in the factory. Um, when you look it up later, you'd be like, you know what? I should have appreciated that joke more. Just Google Osama bin Laden hot 70s family photo. Today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace and Lola. Now, people, 
You haven't even gotten to Talkspace, have you? I know some of you haven't. Just as, as you're listening to this, just type into your computer. Talkspace.com slash Jen. That's Jen with one N, J-E-N. And just read for yourself. Listen to me. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's the literal definition of insanity. See, you don't have to be insane like blah, 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 blah to go to therapy. It's about changing habits and patterns and getting some perspective. And I mean, it's really everything you could ever want it to be. And nothing you don't with Talkspace. Why? Because it's the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. They're not just going to put you with someone. It's like a dating app. You, you pick who you like and hopefully you have coffee with them. Except for this, you're paying the person and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be your therapist. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to be your shrink. So here's the deal. For as little as $32 a week, you can pick an experienced licensed therapist. That is not just some BS. They are licensed. They have had over 3,000 hours of supervised work. They have at least a master's degree. So to match with your perfect therapist, who you relate to and feel comfortable with, go to Talkspace.com slash Jen. And at checkout, to show your support for this podcast, please use offer code Jen, J-E-N, to get $30 off of your first month. Now, I don't know why I almost couldn't say the word $30. I don't know. Maybe I need a speech therapist, but that's not what I'm here to advertise. That's Jen. Talkspace.com slash Jen to get $30 off of your first month. Use the code Jen. Okay. I love our sponsor. You've been with me a year. Talkspace, the online therapy company that makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist. You can send that therapist text, audio, video messages, or even do a live video chat. So do it. Talkspace.com slash Jen. We have a new sponsor here at I Seem Fun, and I use the product. That's right, everybody. Go to mylola.com, M-Y-L-O-L-A.com. You're going to be able to get 60% off your first order today when you enter code FUN when you subscribe. Ladies, this is for you and men. Men, you can talk to the ladies in your life about this because I think that they would love to talked to about their periods and you're always like no I don't want it well here's your chance if we care about the ingredients and the food we eat the beauty products we use why don't we care about the feminine care products that we use why shouldn't we Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tabs and liners I know what you guys are saying I don't like things organic I don't like, I want it to be good old-fashioned, what I'm always used to, chemicals. Listen, I have used these products, and I am now switching over from brands I will not to Lola. I loved it. I used all the different sizes of tampons. I used the pads. It was wonderful, and I felt very safe doing it, okay? Because... 100% organic cotton, no chemicals, no added chemicals, no fragrances, no synthetics or dyes. That's important. You are putting that stuff literally up yourself. They didn't say, say up yourself in the copy, but so here's the deal. Lola is a female founded company 
offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, they started their company with a simple and seemingly obvious idea. Women should not have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They come in a simple, customizable subscription. So you will never, ever need to make another frantic trip to the drugstore. They will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. This is why I love it. So you pick your products. You choose from organic cotton tampons available with a BPA-free plastic applicator or in an environmentally friendly non-applicator format. I'm an applicator girl, if you guys wanted to know. Uh, Pads or liners. Or you can add a box of each. Choose from your preferred assortment. Build your box of 18 tampons by picking the perfect mix of light, regular, super, and super plus. With pads, build your box of 12 pads by mixing ultra-thin day pads or night pads. Your assortment is totally customizable. Okay, guys, you're like, I don't, why, what is, women were like, oh my God, you have to buy like 50 boxes of each thing. Like, here's the super, here's the, I've never had customizable tampons and pads that you can put all in the same box, like a mix. It's my dream. And now my dream has come true. You can decide how many boxes that you would like to deliver to your door. You can select your shipment frequency and you can cancel, skip an order, or modify your subscription anytime. Lola will email you two days before your boxes ship and they pride themselves, no surprises or gimmicks. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products. So most of them don't. Most use a mix of synthetic ingredients, including rayon and polyester. You're putting that in your body. And then they may also Treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents, fragrance, and dyes. Lola products are 100% organic cotton. Guys, I promise you I use this product. I'm obsessed. I got the subscription. You can too. And again, the whole subscription part is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel at any time. And remember, in this age of women taking over, this is another way we're taking over. You, The company is founded by women for women. Again, 60% off your first order. Go to mylola.com and enter fun when you subscribe. Again, 60% off your first order. Mylola.com and enter, just for my listeners, the promo code fun. Guys, I really care about what I'm putting in my body. It's really convenient. Everything was comfortable. Everything, I don't know how to put it. There were no leaks, no spills. You know what I'm saying? It's good stuff. Do it, ladies. And men, tell your ladies. What was I saying right before that? <laughs> Kim Jong-un, thank you. The cheeks. He's the cutest. Okay. I love what I do for a living. I do a fun job for a living. I do many different versions of entertainment. <laughs> and I am miserable at work because I'm at work. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, can I just think about what I'm doing and get the money? Like, I don't want to do anything. Him, always happy at work. He looks so happy all the time. Smiling when he sends off the test rocket. He's like, yee. He's like that, that childhood glee. That childhood glee that we all want. Like, he's just, and he's failing. He never hits the target. It goes in the ocean and he's like, yay. And you get the big binoculars. Woo. I don't even know. They're probably like kaleidoscopes. Like there's nothing in there, but he's like so happy. If we could all have the joy that he has at work, 
It would be so, so, but anyway, but I feel like, you know, his dad was a dictator and he got the job and he probably doesn't understand that he has choices. Like you don't understand people's psychological makeup. Like we think he's evil and I'm sure he is, but like, maybe he just feels like I got to do this for my dad. Like, I feel like I could, and, and this is what I think about sometimes. Remember Dennis Rodman was friends with him. Dennis Rodman, the basketball player. Does anyone here, by round of applause, we won't make fun of you. Everyone shut your eyes. I'm, I'm not kidding. Everyone, one, two, three, shut your eyes. Not that we can't hear where the applause is coming from, but we will not turn around and look at these people. How many people, by round of applause, did not know that six years ago, Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un were very close friends? Oh, you'll love, okay. So the people that mo- more people know than don't, but isn't it so important to you right now that they know this, that you, you'll sit through something you already know? I don't know how it happened. You can Google it. It's out there. It's not a secret. It's as big as like when Charlie Sheen was like, tiger blood. It was a big thing. And it was around the same time, I think. Somehow. Well, Kim Jong-un loves basketball. Who does? Somehow, Dennis Rodman and him literally became friends. Dennis would go over to North Korea. He would play like exhibition basketball games. Kim Jong-un would love it. But those two hung out like literally a montage like man and boy shooting hoops like doing you know Dennis Rodman was like in the throes of alcoholism and he would be like on the planes drunk it's a long flight I don't blame him I would become an alcoholic on that flight you're just like it's is it four days later I'm still in the air so he comes back to LAX TMZ would always nab him he'd be like I just Kim Jong-un wants what I want the world to be at peace. He's a good guy, you guys. I'm sure Kim didn't show him his, like, you know, murdering journalist closets and all the shit he was doing. I can see how Dennis was like, no, no, he's super cool. We all know that one person that you're like, they're nice to me. And you're like, no, I know, but they're really bad. Uh, all your friends are like, they suck. You're like, I don't know. We got drunk one night in Amsterdam. We had fun. You're like, I can't. But your situation is different. You're like, I don't think so. I think you guys are negative. So that's <laughs> that's how Dennis Rodman was treating all of us. Like, you guys, you know, peace and love. And a... Now that, okay, so that was sort of weird. And they interviewed Obama about it. And there's a... I don't know if you've ever heard this soundbite from Obama where he goes, he's a jackass. That's him talking about Kim Jong-un, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman. People asked him, what do you think of Dennis Rodman? Because Dennis was like, tell Obama I want to negotiate with him and Kim will listen to me. Obama has to set up the meeting. And they literally, the news asked Obama this. He's a jackass. Is he? Because I don't see anything that happened good. So, do you know what I mean? So maybe they could have negotiated. I don't know. This is a real story. You're going to, you have so much to do tonight. And then clear your history because it's probably, you'll be on a search list. But we got Osama bin Laden hot in the 70s. Kim Jong un, Dennis Rodman. They could have made it work. Okay. Not joking, but being funny. Please do that later. Okay. Anyway. La, la, la. So when I'm stressed and nervous about nukes, I go, okay, the guy from The Apprentice is the president. But the guy from Celebrity Rehab is really good friends with Kim Jong-un. So maybe he can come in and do something. And I'm like, this is true. This is real. (laughs) So I think, I don't know where Dennis Rodman is. He doesn't seem to be around making news. I know I'm, I'm a nobody 
you know, maybe to people who like comedy, they think I'm a somebody, but in the real celebrity world, in the real international dictator world, I'm a nobody. But I feel I've got what it takes to negotiate with Kim Jong-un. You put me in a room with him and I'll go, excuse me, do you know how cute you are? He'll be like, nukes, my dad. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look in the mirror. Do you know how cute you are? And he would look at himself and go, you could do cereal commercials in America. Do you understand that? And he'd be like, no. I'm like, yeah, come on. We're rebooting life. Come on, cuter than Mikey. Let's do it. Um, Again, being funny, deadly serious. This is how dumb the world is. I... Would it not make sense to go, oh, how did the North Korea thing end? You guys were really nervous about Trump and stuff. Oh, well, Jen Kirkman, who's that? What is the comedian? She's pretty funny. She's not for everyone. Uh, But she went to North Korea and said you could do cereal commercials. And what happened? He did cereal commercials. (laughs) Well, who took his place? Nobody. They just disbanded the whole nuclear program. They actually rained cereal down on North Korea. And everybody was happy. And Kellogg's never thought of that, even of even going global. It was, it was a win-win. <laughs> so these are things I fantasize about when I'm stressed. Um, I wanted to talk about, so my favorite season is over, which is the Christmas season. And I just like the... I, 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 November, December are the easiest winter months in the world. If you ever lived anywhere but here, it's not. It doesn't start ramping up winter style until about now, and then that's when we take the pretty lights away and all the fun things. We're like, now it's just miserable. Like it's miserable from now to April, and then you have Valentine's Day. And if you're single, or even if you're in a relationship, I've been both on Valentine's Day. I'm like equally horrible. Um, <laughs> just depends on where you are inside, and. I just don't like this time of year. Even in L.A., uh, I enjoy cold weather, but I just... Um, well, I know I actually, I do like this time of year, but I wish I could just hibernate during it and people wouldn't email me with like, January 2nd is the scariest day on earth, especially if you're someone that kind of like... I don't vacation properly. Like, even if I go somewhere, I'm like always kind of checking in and doing things so that I never have to come back to a pile of shit. And... A lot of people don't live that way. They're like, I'm away for three weeks. And you're like, oh, God. You can feel everyone else's January 2nd energy, and you're like, stop it. Like, even if you're not at the gym, you just feel everyone there. Like, stop putting your best foot forward. Stop it. Um, I just feel overwhelmed with, like, you can tell by people's energy in an email. Like, hey, just want to check it. Oh! I just, I need to ramp into things. Like, so Hallmark Channel understands this. Um, they don't just leave you high and dry like a dealer who doesn't give a fuck about you. Once the 21 original Christmas movies are done, they move into winter movies. So you can watch the same plot. Busy businesswoman meets a guy with some working class job and they connect and they find out what the other one's been missing. Or a lot of the Hallmark Christmas movies this year were celebrity comes to a ranch. And the ranch teaches him something about humility. And the celebrity helps get something going in the town with his celebrity. Oh, the Christmas parade's dead? I'll walk through the town dressed as Santa. They're like, oh my God, it's amazing. Um, 
you buy it when it's so. In other words, at Christmas time, if you just if I you just went up to someone, apropos of nothing, and went, "Can I put a tree in your living room?" No, you can't. Those are for outside. No, no, no. It's fun. I put a tree in your living room. You go no. Then we invent a holiday Christmas. We put trees in the living room. Put a tree in the living room. It makes sense because we all agreed on it. Hallmark movies, we do not all agree on, if that makes sense. So we agree on the Christmas ones. Okay, a busy businesswoman in New York City falls in love with a guy who sells trees in upstate New York, and then she moves there and gives up her job, and what does he do the rest of the year? Because that seems like a very specific time of year to work. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They're in love. She wore her high heels to the woods. It was funny. She fell a couple times. <laughs> Apparently, she's such a good businesswoman that she doesn't know how to plan or think. Uh, and she doesn't know you bring boots to upstate New York. You also wear boots in New York, New York. But I guess, whatever. Okay. We buy that because it's Christmas. The same thing we buy. There's a tree in our house. Just like a Christmas tree looks weird in your house on February 1st, so does still watching these movies. And so when you're sitting there like, Luke Perry's a cowboy, you're just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore because everyone's back at work and back at the gym and like I'm still spending Saturday night watching. Uh, there was a movie. I got So last year I got into the Hallmark. What I'm talking about with the drug and the dealer thing is Hallmark takes the Christmas movie needle out of your vein very slowly by segueing into the winter movies. So it's the same plot, just no tree and no Christmas trees. And they had one last year where Luke Perry goes to a ranch. Luke Perry was Dylan on 90210, in case you don't know. If you don't know, you Google that when you get home. After <laughs> He's supposed to be this like pretty boy, doesn't know anything about ranching. And this rancher goes, do you know anything about ranch? He goes, I put it on my salad. Which is fun, but a health-conscious person would not put ranch on their salad. So in that moment, I was like, everything's falling apart for me with this plot line. Because he was supposed to be this like vegan, healthy guy. And it was like, I know that line works so fucking perfectly. And I see you there with your typewriter writing it. I see, I get it. I'm a writer. I get it. You just can't do that pun. Because it's not realistic. But you do it anyway, because you got to make a paycheck. But I do not need to sit there on a Saturday night watching that. I'm a. <sighs> anyway, we're going to go in a minute. But are there millennials here? I want to talk about you for a minute, but I don't want to be like rude about it. I can't see, but I don't even know what millennial is anymore. I guess, are there people in their 20s here? Oh, oh maybe I should. How about this? You're not who I'm talking about. That always gets it. Um, <laughs> No, maybe you relate because there's people in my generation I don't like. Uh, but what I don't like, okay, the greatest joy in life is getting older and then shitting on people younger than you. That's just like, that's what life's all about. My Nana's generation did it to my mom's. My mom's did it to mine. I'm not allowed to anymore because we're all nice now. We're all, I don't mean I don't want, I don't mean I want to be politically incorrect and call people the N-word. I don't mean that. I'm just saying I can't go, you're fucking... There's no way that a generation that grows up with a computer in their hand is the same as my generation where I'm using not a word processor, a typewriter. I used an abacus. Anyone here in their 20s know what an abacus is? You. Do you? All right, fine. So you guys aren't who I'm talking about. Enjoy. Sit back. Relax. (laughs) Now, I didn't use one ironically at the counter at Urban Outfitters. I had to use it. 
so there's no way our generations are different. I'm different than my Nana, who didn't have the, uh, you know, she grew up in a, she worked in a mill in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. She wanted to be a seamstress. It wasn't an option. You go, yes, it was. No, it wasn't. She got married. Well, why? Because you didn't even have credit back then. And women didn't have, if you were uh, getting divorced in the 70s, the, you Google this later, you <laughs> didn't get your own line of credit. I'm not kidding. This It took a long time for us to get places. So, so. When I say my Nana had to get married, she had to. That was her. That's how you put food in your mouth. You marry someone, they pay, you have the kids. Okay. To say that her generation is not different than mine, it just, no, it, there's differences. And so there's an integrity in a weird way to hers because there was hardship and then there was easier ship with mine. So you make fun of us. In general, you're supposed to want better for the people younger than you. You make a better world for your kids. And then a little bit, you resent them. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> because you're like, well, don't forget, I made this for you. But our nature as egomaniac people, we're like, I made it. Like, no, you didn't. I made, I literally made you. I shat you out of my body. And your dad helped a little too. I shat you out of my body. And the world you live in with all your rights and funds is because of me. No, it isn't. And that's the fight. And that's how you assert yourself and differentiate yourself. If we coddle to the people under us, we make monsters. And we have done that. And so I... I am being told that I'm not supposed to say anything mean about millennials. I had a girl... I made a joke. It was a lo- I do a whole thing in my act about turning 43 and feeling a certain way. But I take you through the stages of life where you think you don't give a fuck until you get to my age, you really don't. It's a silly little bit. It's so innocent. And then I say, like, in your 20s, it sucks because no one takes you seriously. A girl left on that line. I was about to get to the thing where I'm defending her. I couldn't anymore. She left. Don't take me seriously then. And walked out. I'm like, you offended at the setup to a joke? <laughs> because, see, now, we usually deal with people offended by jokes. The new generation, I don't even want to hear the setup. I can't. Too much. Too much. That's the other movement. We're busy with me too. There's too much. That's millennials. Too much. I went to a Starbucks in New York City. First of all, New York is one of my favorite places in the world. But I'm worrying that the, hey, move it along here, that attitude is going away. Everything's slow now. I feel like I'm in Idaho and people are doing Tai Chi and their muscles are deteriorating. Everything is very slow. And I'm looking at a 24-year-old behind the counter. My friends and I, like an assembly line, you just, you just, uh, I was going to make a crass joke. I won't. Just never mind. Okay. Just. We could fuck more people in a night than the baristas that are in their 20s can serve in a morning because they're slow. Okay, so. (laughs) You get coffee in New York. It's supposed to be like, hey, they throw it at you. Like, pay if you want. I don't give a shit. Get the fuck out of here. Just, you know, just a lot of this. Nowadays, I walk into the Starbucks. They're like. (laughs) And they're just like cleaning a glass. Don't clean shit. What are you doing? And they turn around and, 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 uh. It literally took me 10 minutes. I was the only one in the place to get a cup of coffee. And I go to the counter and I go to the cream. Now I'm a, I'm a part-time vegan. 
meaning I, I pick and choose, but every once in a while I want some real cream in my coffee. So I go to the cream and it's not pouring. So I keep turning the thing. It's not pouring. I go, so I open it and it's just, it's like a yeast infection in a jar. No, don't get, no, oh, don't get mad. Sometimes there are yeast infections. Sometimes it's just yeast. It's not an infection. It's an important ingredient. Honestly, it was like yogurt. It was like yogurt. It was. It was curdled cream from like days. It's like finding a body in your apartment complex. And you're like, no one looked at that old lady for four days. No one wondered where Myrtle was. The doorman sees her every day. Go, that thing was on the counter for four fucking days. No one did anything. So I go behind the counter. There's a young man. I go, this is curdled. He didn't know the word curdled. I go, okay, well, it means the cream went bad. He goes, and he looks at it, and I can tell he didn't know what cream looks like. I don't know why. He goes, oh, isn't that what cream looks like? I go, you're right on the color. It sure is white. Good for you. The consistency is something. I really was, I'm not like as cunty as I am now, but I said the consistency is different. It's a liquid. He goes, he goes like this, shrugs, like that's up for debate. Like well, you say it is. But maybe I don't think it is. No, it's a liquid. So he looks at the guy he's working with. He's like, is cream a liquid? Excuse me. I s- you have one of these in your hand. You can Google it if you want. Is cream a liquid? And why isn't he doing Why is he not? Why is he comfortable saying to another person, is cream a liquid? Why is that okay? Who gave him that confidence? And I know you go, Jen, that's just one person. No, it's not. I have met at least 400 millennials, and that is my research. I know that's not a lot of people. It's more than... It's not a scientific thing I'm doing. I'm just vibing. I have a feeling it's the generation, not the person. I'm just saying... So then he asks his coworker, and he goes, what? Yes. And then the guy grabs the thing, and he goes, oh, my God. And he goes, this is like yogurt. I go, that's what I said. And then the millennium goes, so it isn't cream. I'm like, no, it was cream. It's curdled. That's what curdled means. I take it back to the beginning. He was like, this is too much. I do not want to be told that I don't know something. So I left. I'm not joking. I went two blocks to another Starbucks. And I know the bigger issue is why is there a Starbucks two blocks away and what happened to New York? Forget that. Take it easy. You know that most coffee is shit and Starbucks is good. If you don't, fine. Enjoy your alternative lifestyle. I think it's great coffee. Go to a mom and pop shop. Really? Go to your mom and dad's house. Tell me that you like everything that they do. Okay? So... I go there, there's no cream, period. I go, you're out of cream. They go, yeah. It was one of the major ingredients of some of the products you serve. I think there's some in the back, he says. I go, can you go in the back? He's like, there's a long line. I'm like, if I had acted like that at Baskin-Robbins in 1988 with Mr. Smith, my boss, who was in World War II, are you fucking kidding me? If I told someone, yeah, we have sprinkles, they're in the back. He would have been like, I was on the beaches. I mean, he would literally scream at me. (laughs) 
And so that's why I scream at millennials in New York. I was here on 9-11, but I don't have a story like Mr. Smith did, who was fighting the Nazis. I'm like, I was on 23rd and 6th. It was close, but not too close. Close enough that it was pretty scary. I was fine. Obviously, I'm standing here. But just so you know, a lot of people been here before you. So you don't have, you can't look at the, can I go back? No, okay. No, that's fine. I won't have cream. And so I didn't have cream. And I thought, you know, maybe that's just God telling me, what are you doing, vegan? You can't. And then I saw dolphins. I saw dolphins on Sixth Avenue. It was dolphin shorts and an old Navy. And I just knew. Um, and then we're going to go in three minutes. Um, we talked about nukes. Fire and Fury. I didn't do the prison story. It's not that good. We'll come back next month. I'll do it. Oprah being president. Oh, this is the young people. So what they say to me, uh, I- I'm trying to explain like I'm in pre-menopause or whatever. So I get these weird, um, do you know when you have a fever and you're like, oh, I feel so weird. Just imagine feeling like that a lot. And so like I go, I'm sweating from the inside. It's so hard to explain because I don't even know how the words for it, but I'm like, oh, it's a- one of those days I'm sweating from the inside. And, uh, you know, I've gone to my doctor and she's like, yep, you're in the pre-stage. You'll be done with your period in seven years, which is kind of awesome. Cause like Allison, we were talking about like harassment, like we get to be men later. You know what I mean? Like eventually we just shut the factory down. I'm like now we're men. And so it's good. Um, so we get to be both. Um, but when I say that to young people, they go, Oh no, you're not. I'm like, Oh no. I mean, I'm not upset about it. I wasn't born 43. If I was, but like, what the fuck kind of raw deal is that? Like, and I get to do this. And I've been all the ages. And then you kind of forget what they are because life means nothing and your brain eventually just forgets everything. And so, like, you just forget all the... You know what I mean? You feel... I feel young inside. I know I'm young. But I feel 12. And so then... But I'm not 12. And so my body goes, oh, you're not 12. I'm going to sweat from the inside. And I go, oh, great. And then uh, everything's going to start breaking down. No problem. But when I tell a young person that, they get so upset because they can't handle. They're like, there's this generation. Gen X is the only reality-based generation. And there's my parents who my mother go, why do people have to die? I go, can you not ask me that? Because you're supposed to be the authority on things. And so it really freaks me out when the person that brought me here is showing me that in 50 years, I'll still be like, this is terrible. I don't want to die. I'm assuming I'll live long enough to be like, let me go, you know, but no one in my family has been like that. They've all lived till 99. They've all been like, I hate dying. And I'm like, fuck. They've all been like, it's really terrifying. My Nana used to say to me, I feel like I'm 16, but I'm trapped inside my body and I'm anxious every day I'm like cool can't wait um, and then I have younger people going no it's okay you're not old I'm like just I'm not old but if I'm telling you I'm sweating from the inside just fucking believe me like I don't want to be young either oh you think I want to be young right now I'm so glad I get to live a longer life than you guys like I'm so glad that at age 30, there wasn't a bomb cyclone. It was just like, it snowed on Christmas. Like, you have no idea how nasty it is. Oh, I guess because you guys don't know, and, and people, not you guys, but if anyone out there is listening, someone on the street. Um, like a 10-year-old's like, what, it's not normal to wake up and your house is sliding away? It's like, no, it's not. Um, anyway, Oprah might be president because she made a speech, and Oprah was like, I didn't even fucking say anything. She was just like, me too. And everyone was like, shit, gonna be the president. Everyone just freaked out. Like, it's going to get to the point where if I'm at an airport and I run out of the ladies' room and I'm like, guys, all the toilets are clogged. They're going to be like, 
This woman should be president. Did you hear what she said? She came out bravely and said, all the toilets are clogged. Don't go in there. That is the kind of leadership we need. She doesn't want to be the fucking president. She lives in wine country. Well, I don't know, did her house, you said it landslided or something. She's got five, look, I always say I'm not rich enough to have my property affected by a mudslide. And so I don't even have property. So uh, the property that someone else owns and rents out to me, I don't, I'm not saying feel bad. I don't want to say, like when I first moved here, I lived with these hippies in Los Feliz and they were like, where are you? So you moved here from New York, right? I go, yeah. They go, so what was 9-11 like? And I tell them, and they go, I'm glad all those people died, those rich bankers. I'm like, okay. Uh, and so they were like, just like, the, there were mudslides when I moved here. They're like, just like those people in the mudslides, fuck them. I'm like, all right. So I don't feel that way, but I'm just saying, if you live somewhere near mudslides, like maybe it means you might have more than one house. So I'm not saying like, oh, it's a fine. I'm just saying like, maybe I'm not like, oh my God, is Oprah's house okay? Like, She doesn't just have, if you think Oprah has just one house, like you're very naive and I just worry about you at night. So maybe it's her favorite house. Maybe the maid lives there permanently and it's like bad for her. Just like on 9-11, you know who I worried about? The guy that delivers your bagel that doesn't even work in the fucking building and he's delivering it to floor 80 because you can't get off your fucking ass. He's died. He died. And that's how I'd like to end my set. There were no stories of a bagel guy dying. I'm just saying. I look at the, I look for them every day. I think about that guy. I don't think there was a bagel guy that Cher dated. Do you remember that bagel boy when they make fun of her? You don't know. Okay, what's your homework tonight? You Google <laughs> Osama bin Laden, hot in the seventies, Kim Jong Un and Dennis Rodman, Dylan from nine hundred two and oh. Cher dated a guy. They called him Bagel Boy because he dared to be of the working class. He worked in a bagel place or something and they were like ew gross a rich woman who's famous is with someone who isn't it's like well not everyone's rich and famous it's a very small pool to choose from but if a dude was rich and famous and he dated a hot chick at the bagel store it'd be like fucking bagel guy like it would be like hole in one or you know whatever he put his (laughs) cream cheese on her anyway well you I'm gonna say this but we're gonna leave with a reading I have to get up really early tomorrow. I was going to sell merchandise after. I'm sure you're like, who cares? But I've left cards on the table. If you want to get one of my books, you can... Hey, go on Amazon and get it. It's like nine bucks cheaper there than I would have sold it to you. So just take those cards with you so I don't have to throw them out after because it makes me feel sad. Okay. I know. She's like, oh, in a sad. Um, you've been actually a fucking delightful... Now, anyone who hasn't seen the show before, come back next month. I'll have new stuff and it actually will be a little more performative. <laughs> um... But we had fun, right? You guys were a delight. I feel a really happy vibe here, and I always feel that way during the show, so thank you. You have not let me down yet. Um, let's read something from somebody just, oh, you know what? I'm on Kindle. Somebody just yell out from 1 to 321, and we'll end as a family on this page. Thank you, sir. I'm going to scroll. I plug in my book. Can you believe it? <laughs> what I, used to do. I wanted to read last night. I couldn't because my book wasn't charged. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy these days. <laughs> 167. 
Nothing about Trump on this page. It's so boring. I'm telling you, you're like, oh. Um, that one was so good about the people's wives. Oh, how about this? Because you can search a word. Sex. <laughs> like a 12-year-old. <laughs> kind of seedy. It's actually not fun at all. Okay, we'll read this. We'll read this. God, the book isn't doing the thing that I want it to. I, this really pisses me off. My book isn't... I touch my book a certain way and it doesn't respond to my touch. <laughs> me too! Me too! I'm me too, but for guys. Should it respond to my touch? Okay. I don't know what you guys were doing on election night, but this is what our president was doing. So they basically were saying he didn't think he was going to win, but he was trying to run Trump TV. And he had been told you can be the biggest celebrity in the world if you run for president, and that's going to help your TV network. So not only did Trump disregard the potential conflicts of his business deal and real estate holdings because he didn't think he had a chance of winning, he audaciously refused to release his tax returns. Why should he if he wasn't going to win? Once more, Trump refused to spend any time considering, however hypothetically, transition matters, saying it was bad luck, but really meaning it was a waste of time. Nor would he even remotely contemplate the issue of his holdings and conflicts. He wasn't going to win. And he thought losing was winning. He would be the most famous man in the world, a martyr to crooked Hillary. His daughter Ivanka and son-in-law Jared would have transformed themselves from relatively obscure rich kids into international celebrities and brand ambassadors. Steve Bannon would become the de facto head of the Tea Party movement. Kellyanne Conway would be a great cable news star. Reince Priebus and Katie Walsh would get the Republican Party back. Melania Trump could return to inconspicuously lunching. Again, she doesn't have a big enough role in this. I, uh, that was the trouble-free outcome that everybody awaited on November 8th, 2016. Losing would work out for everybody. Shortly after 8 o'clock that evening, election night, when the unexpected trend, Trump might actually win, seemed confirmed, Don Jr. told a friend that his father, or DJT as he called him, looked as if he had seen a ghost. Melania, to whom Trump had, Trump had made his solemn guarantee that they wouldn't win, was in tears and not of joy. There was, in the space of little more than an hour, in Steve Bannon's observation, a befuddled Trump morphing into a disbelieving Trump and then into a quite horrified Trump. So we all went through the same thing. (laughs) But still to come was the final transformation. Suddenly, Donald Trump became a man who believed that he deserved to be and was wholly capable of being the president of the United States. <laughs> Inspiring. I know. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great night, you guys. Thanks for coming. Come back next month. Thank you, Allison. Thank you at the Improv. Have a good night. Happy New Year. Whee! Oh, you're the best. Okay. Do you want to be on my Instagram stories? Walking in the park. How about this? Everybody yell, we had such a fun time, even if it sounds awkward, I'll want... One, two, three. We had such a fun time. <laughs> Good night. Man.
the saddest thing after that. You think you know me, but you...